Now my, there we are. Um, you know, we wrestled a lot since. <laughs> they have us trained. You know, it was, it was like the, uh, the university who was, was uh, university professor, he was teaching a, a class and, and uh, the, the class decided to turn some of what they were learning about how you can influence other, how to be good speakers on back onto the professor. And so they all, they all decided without the professor knowing that as the, he would speak, there was a little radiator in the corner, radio, you remember those radiator furnaces? And as he would speak and walk further away from that radiator, they all decided that they would all pay less attention and act more bored. But as he walked closer to it, they would get a little more animated and, and pay more attention. And the closer he got, the more attention they would pay. By the end of the semester, they had the professor sitting on the radiator teaching from there. <laughs> That's what they do with me when they want me to stand back. They just change some knobs and get me to... But on, um, on Friday, when I heard about the Newtown, Connecticut shooting, it, it uh, began to really obviously affect me in a lot of ways. And specifically coming into this morning's service, what do you do? It's being real. Do we just preach the next kind of Advent Christmas message and pretend that didn't happen just so we can kind of do our Christmas thing. I was real tempted. We don't want to, you know, how do we deal with that? And it just wouldn't be right to pretend it didn't happen on Friday. So I'm going to ask us to do something before we start that just may be uncomfortable, but I want to break into small groups of two, three, four at the most, just right around where you're at. Let's pray. Pray for these families. Pray for this town. Pray for the those affected. Just, just begin to, just to pray in your little groups together. If you know some of the names, just pray for them. I'm going to come over here. We'll just take maybe four or five minutes.
know if I'll, how well I'll get through this morning service. Now I hadn't. Julie, thank you. I didn't, I didn't know that they would take them down their Christmas decorations. People are always trying to figure things out, aren't we? I mean, just what do we do? How do we act? Tom? And it's, it's going to impact us in different ways, and for some of us, it's going to bring up the other whys in our life. It's just these things. Um, they, they touch us, and we, and we go, sometimes we don't, why is it hitting me so hard? And as we even pray through that, God's going to bring something up. There's a sadness, of course, for, for what happened on, in Connecticut. But if there's something extra grievous, pray through that. Go to your life group leader, one of the pastors. Go to someone who, who really can help you work through that because it's probably going to be connected to something bigger and deeper 
in your own life. And, and it can be that, bring that up, but it can also be a time that you can find healing in a hurt. And um, don't, don't, sh don't stuff. As we want to do, we just want to stuff things. Uh, that's right. And, and the question, where was God on Friday? And they'll be answering that, and we're, they'll be asking that question, and we, we're asking that question, and people have come up. Even on Facebook, I saw the answer come, and I remember on 9-11, I believe it was Ruth Graham Bell who came up with the answer. And at the time, I really, I really liked the answer because it, it I liked it because it, it kind of was in the face of our country. It says, where was God on 9-11? Where was God on Friday? And I saw the answer come up again, the same answer. He was exactly where we asked him to be, out of our country. I don't like that answer because I don't think it's right. It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful little quip. It's a, a, it's a slap into the face. Stop removing God. But God didn't leave because we stopped praying. God was right there on Friday. He was the same place he was when his own son died. And he's with the families. And his heart is broken. People can reject him. And... He can keep him at arm's length, but he says that he loves the world. He loves everyone. So he was there and still is. We have to come up with some type of answers, and that's one of the, the things we're going to try to blame. But where was God? How come God didn't do anything? We're going to turn to blame. Already it's happening. I, appreci I, I appreciated. I believe it was President Obama, and this was just one of his staff who says, we are not going to take this day today and turn it into a political issue. I wish we would have waited longer because it's already there. We're going to ban assault rifles because the guns are at fault. Please. This is why we celebrate the coming of Christ. Amen. It's the only answer to this insanity. Right. Our country has been under the umbrella of God's love and protection because of godly people. That's right. And uh, we're coming to a time when uh, we're going to get, have to get serious about our faith. Yes. Because this just brought it close to home. Mm -hmm. But it's happening everywhere, every day. Mm -hmm. right. And. We, we need to celebrate Christmas yes. in spirit and in truth. And uh, I would just direct your thoughts to Micah chapter 5. Uh, where he's giving a prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah. Mm. Boy, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to focus on something right now, especially with my background in spring. It's been intense. Until I found God, this, he's the only way I'm uh, Stuff like this, I can find myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's it. That's Micah chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she was in labor has given birth. The remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And this one shall be peace. After we get done with the blaming and questions, we're going to want to blame everyone. We... We've done it on our own home. We're going to come up with answers. We're going to 
try to figure out what kind of a person can get to the point in 20 short years of life to do something so horrific. And we're going to question, was he demon-possessed? Was it a mental illness? And the police are going to do their investigation, and, we're going to, and things will come out. Like I said, we're going, to, we're going to blame the guns. We're going to blame parents. We're going to blame the government because they didn't protect us from this. You're going to blame everybody. The truth is that we live in a fallen world. And like Pastor Floyd said, there has been a grace upon this nation and a protection. And the, the one thing that I do believe is true in that where was God, we are cursing God as a nation, as, as, a, as a people. And as I believe as people more and more turn away from the Lord in this nation, I believe that we will see more and more events like this. That's a scary thought. But we live in a fallen world. That's good. I, I, I kind of expected we'd have more people praying last night, actually, truthfully. And um, so we, we, we're, we're, we come across this. We live in a, in a fallen world and sin is rampant. And, and what are we to do? We can become fearful. We can go through all of these things and, and, and begin to get inward. But the truth is that we celebrate in Christmas is what we need to hear right now. Not, let's have a holly jolly Christmas. You know, the reason we can have a holly jolly Christmas is deep. It's not just fluff. It's a deep understanding of Jesus and what, it, what He means and what His purpose was. You know, we, we think this morning of the Christmas message, we're just nine days before Christmas. And the nation has been faced with this catastrophic event for so many and I in no way am downplaying what happened yesterday. But touching on what Floyd said, it, it stirred up in me again the thoughts I had. One of the writers, and I've read a number of articles and watched a number of things, said that this was one of the worst massacres in human history. I'm sorry, it was by far nothing close not downplaying it, but how many, let's go to the Jews, to the Indians, to the million in Africa, in Rwanda, just in, our, in the last two decades, a million. We, we see massacres, we see this every day, as Floyd's pointed out. We live in a world now, we live in the United States, we don't see this type of thing very often in the United States. But the world is facing this all of the time. And their hope has to be the same place that we put our hope today. What is the Christmas message as we've talked about for the last few weeks? And we're going to need to turn our hearts there this week and go and seek out what is the Christmas message. We find the, the, even the messages in Advent, the five Sundays, the five messages in Advent of hope, of faith, of love, of peace, and of joy. Those are the five themes that we celebrate every year. And we need to celebrate those this year also. Not so that we can act like nothing happened, but because those are the principles, those are the things that Jesus gives us. Now the, the hope and the faith, those are pointing towards what He really came for. The hope and the faith, when He came, He, he didn't just come to give us all of those things today. In fact, the other message in the Christmas message, and there's so many, but the other message is darkness. Because when Jesus came, He came into a dark time in human history. You know, just 70 years be before He came, and, and there was so much more going on, but there was just one battle I just happened to... I was looking at the history of Rome this week, and, and a after one of the battles... There was 6,000 survivors from the enemy camp. So they crucified them all in one day. Wow. 
Isn't that how many times that's happened in history? Rome was taking over the world. So much was happening. Herod the Great came into power and was ruling in this area. And part of the Christmas story was the destruction of babies, two years old and under, trying to kill Christ, trying to bring out the light. So there was part of this Christmas story was that there was darkness. But Jesus came in to that darkness and he brought the light. He caused his son to be light in that dark time so that we could have hope and faith that we would walk and understand his love for humanity. That someday, finally, we would have ultimate joy. And because of his sacrifice, because of who he is, we can have peace now and eventual perfect peace when we finally see him face to face. Those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Let's continue to pray for those that have been impacted by this and pray for one another. This season will bring up on top of this other things. We People on, during Christmas, many get lonely and, and miss those that they're not with. Let's pray. Let's pray that our friends, our neighbors, our family, those in Connecticut will see the great light. There's a sadness, and yet through that sadness, we have to preach and live hope. Jesus is our hope. Without him, we are hopeless and of all people to be despised. If I don't keep my focus on Almighty God and his provision for me and the hope of eternity with him and the peace and the joy that comes, I'm going to check myself into the mental hospital. Because I can't handle the stress and the depression and the pressure of what's going on in the world and in my life. Those who have not Christ walking in darkness and they need to see the light of life. We need to pray. We need to be those who would be the light of the world as Jesus wants us to be, to love one another, to comfort them. And I encourage us all to really grow, grow and, and, and be careful with our little quips when things go wrong and say, it'll all be okay. You know, right now, the, the thing that was happening on Friday and whenever there's a trauma is you just cry with somebody and you just love them and comfort them. The, the other parts will come, but you, you've got to, we've got to just grieve with people. But then as that begins to come out, then we can begin to say, but there's hope in Jesus. You know, we've got to be careful this is a counsel, to not not try to get them to that hope part too fast. We always want to do that when we're helping, talking to people. You know, right away they start crying and we just want to say, but there's hope. Just cry for a while and pray, God, when is it a good time to say there's hope? We know there's hope, but they're going to have to get to the point where they can receive that. There is hope in Jesus. We won't finally realize true joy until we're in heaven, and I can't imagine the joy that's coming on that day. But as we begin to experience His peace, a joy begins to rise up and well up within us today. We have joy in our security. We know who Jesus is, and we know who we are in Him. Psalm 118.6, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, to truly understand the, the Christmas season, we should be pouring through the pages of the Scriptures and reading the prophecies and reading the story over and over again. Even on, I want to encourage you, if you, if you do computer, version has some wonderful Christmas devotions this year. And read them. Get into the Word. Pray. Sp spend that time and help yourself, help your family to see why we're celebrating. It's not the lights on the tree. We celebrate 
because truly we know that no matter what happens in life, God is bigger. When Jesus came, it was such a dark time, so much darker than it is today. But there's always the parallels. People parallel the fall of Rome with the fall of the United States. There's so many comparisons and so many similarities as they walked away from God and walked away from the family and did these things. Rome collapsed. But in those days, it was dark. And there was so much poverty and war and sickness and destruction. And Jesus came in. That baby born in a manger changed history. Changed history. Who cared what happened in that little manger in Bethlehem? Who really? They were watching Rome in its grandeur and splendor. But Jesus, when he comes into the scene, that's when life changes. He comes in to bring us hope in life, the light of the world. One of the things we can learn, last week I said that we'd be talking about Mary, and I said we'd wish you a Merry Christmas, but an M-A-R-Y Christmas. That's what we want to find. And, and that was the, the, what I wanted to share. And I thought so much of it, I thought this doesn't even apply, but then I realized it, part of it does. And so I want to share some of the thoughts about Jesus coming in in the moment of, of Mar- with Mary. Because I'm only sharing a few thoughts. We'll take a time to find them all. You know, no matter what problems you face, no matter what problems we face, and if I asked for a show of hands, said, who's facing a problem? Most of them would go up. <laughs> the Lord is with you. In the, in the Christmas story, we find it both in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke one and two, and, and I'm going to share a little bit of both, but right now go back to Luke, and that's where we're last week. It's interesting about human nature and people and not not everybody is the same, obviously, but it, most people don't want to go through life alone completely. They don't want to suffer totally alone. There's something about having someone, even if you just know that they know. In Luke chapter 1, the angel comes to visit Mary. And the angel says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. One of the things we can learn in, this, in the Christmas story is that God is with you no matter what the troubles you face are. No matter what's going on in your life, God is with you. One of the names given we see in the Scripture and we celebrate this season is Emmanuel. God with us. Where was God on Friday? Where was God when you suffered? When the things that have happened, He was with you. He was weeping. He was with us because He is God with us. When we lose a job, when we lose a spouse, God forbid, a child, we face our problems. Mary, encounter with the angel, teaches that God is with us. And in verse 30 it says, the angel says, do not be afraid, I think. So many things to be afraid of for Mary. You know, do not be afraid. Why? Because in 28 it says, the Lord is with you. God is with us. And you think of Mary and what she was, the possibilities for her. If a young girl were to get pregnant today, we'd throw her a baby shower and hardly blink an eye. But in that time, was not a good thing for a woman to be pregnant out of wedlock. She was betrothed to Joseph and their engagement process was as firm as a wedding. In order to break it, they would have to get a divorce. 
but they weren't allowed to have a union in their betrothal period. They couldn't have intercourse, though they were as good as married. And this is the time that Mary comes up pregnant. And so, first of all, her first fear is, Joseph is going to divorce me. I'm pregnant. A fear, a worry. Has she been unfaithful to him? Being rejected by her family. Marriages brought families together. They did so much more and Mary brought a bad stain, would have brought a bad stain on the family name and her family could reject her for such vile acts outside of marriage if they didn't believe her. Obviously, even if her family stood by her, which they may have done, the community would surely reject her. And she would be shunned and community was a much more important thing than it is today. They lived in, in, in community and they, many of them were related, they were connected and she would be rejected by that same community. She had much to fear. And then finally, one that overarched them all is what do you do with people who do acts like this and it still happens in the Muslim culture? They stone them. They stone them. She had a lot to fear. She had a lot going on. But the angel says, do not fear. The Lord is with you. We need to learn that no matter what we're going through, what, what you're going through today, what you've gone through that still is haunting you, God is with you. And that we see the light of life and the hope in Jesus in this Christmas. Emmanuel. And the same Lord makes that promise to us as I read a moment ago in Psalm 118. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Church, man can do a lot to this physical body. Let's not get lost in that. Let's not ever get lost in the thing that nothing bad can happen to me. We see that again on Friday. Christians are martyred every day for their faith. So what does the scripture mean? What can man do to me? Man can't take away my life because my life is not on this place. My life is in him. And, and even as Job says, even if my flesh is destroyed, yet with my eyes, I will see God. We're in such a temporal tent and this tent is fading away. And in this world, we know there's tribulation and there's issues, but we have a hope that supersedes this place and it's in him no matter what. The Lord is with us. I think of Stephen. I think of Stephen who was being martyred and stoned for his faith. And there was such, they said, even a peace. He was with God. God was with him and took him home. No matter what problems we face, the Lord is with us. Mary faced rejection. Possible rejection by her family, by her community. Divorce. But God would never abandon her. No matter what situation we're in and, and you're in or you could possibly be in the future. In this world, the Bible promises you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. God is with you. And we need to press into Him at all times and say, God, I don't understand. And just let His love wrap around you and let Him comfort you. God with us. You know, we are meant to be God inhabited. God living inside of us. It shouldn't be a religion where it's organized about keeping God at a, a distance and doing things for God, but it should be personal and intimate. Our God allows us to go see Him whenever we want. The veil was torn in two. We have direct access to the Father.
in whatever problems you're facing this morning. And we're all saddened by what happened. But there's other things happening and loss of jobs and insecurity and maybe bad relationships in your marriage or with your children. Put your hope in God. No matter the problem, the Lord is with you. Bring our problems and our issues to Him. Trust Him. These moments that happen, such as Friday and and so many other things, the Scripture for me is hard to get a hold of. God cause all things to work for the good. And I go, God, how could you possibly? But we've already heard stories of past catastrophes that bring glory and life from it. That doesn't turn the incident into good, but God can cause people. You know, that town can have a visitation and people, I, I pray that Christians all over the world are praying because this is an, an amazing opportunity for God to visit Newtown and make it a new town of those who find comfort in Jesus. The other thing we can learn is no matter what He's promising, the Lord can do it. And this, this is where our hope comes from. God's promises are so high sometimes, but the Lord can do it. You know, He took the situation with Zacharias and Elizabeth and He did it. And He takes the situation with Mary and He says, don't worry, the Lord is with you. And He overshadows her and allows something that is physically impossible to happen. And the virgin conceived and she gave birth to a son. Emmanuel. Impossible with man. Impossible. That same impossible God can do impossible things in our life if we hope, if we trust, if we put our faith in Him. Even today, that's still a miracle. A virgin giving birth. It's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. He can deliver. And He will deliver because He promised. What promises are you standing on? As you're reading the Scriptures, are there promises coming off the page? Stand on those promises and say, God, these are promises in Your Word. I'm going to stand on them. Though they seem impossible, they are possible with Him. You can restore my marriage. You can provide for me a job. You can heal brokenhearted. And that's one of the purposes He came in this world is to heal, to bind up the brokenhearted. He's given us promises and that's our greatest promises. Eternal life. John eleven twenty six. Whoever lives and believes in Me shall never die. Do you believe this? If we really believe this, our life begins to change and we live eternally minded saying this life is just temporary. And it's, it's hard at times and it's blessed and wonderful at times. But whoever believes in Him shall never die. What a hope. What a hope. We won't do it here But my theology says that those children went to be with Jesus. Now there was another sad fact that day. Those adults, unless they encountered Christ. If I can be real honest, and I I just probably am too honest and transparent. I, I, I actually said that the shooter... Adam Lanza, he got out too easy. I'm just being honest. I'm not saying I'm right. I said, if he got out too easy, he needed to be able to feel the regret and the remorse of what he did. And I was confronted by my wife in such a profound way. 
And she says, you don't think he's going to suffer? And I even then felt that because that sad, twisted young man was made in the image of God and himself was a little six-year-old who ran around and rode his tricycle. And I went, nobody deserves, nobody should go to hell. We all deserve to go there, but nobody should go there. But he who believes in him will never die. And our faith is that he is our hope and he is our salvation. We stand on his promises for our salvation. We stand on, our, on his promises that First John says, now this is the confidence that we have if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us according to his will, not our own. You can't just hope for things and hope that they're a good promise from God. You've got to be careful of just claiming a promise of the world or a promise of the flesh because we'll get discouraged and disappointed when those promises don't come to pass. But knowing the promises of God, He will bring them to pass because He came to give us life and life abundantly. And we need to read the Christmas story to build our hope and to build our faith because those promises, even those that are from God, there's times that we can read the Bible and say, is that promise really for me? No, I don't deserve that one. I'm not going to ever see that one. You and your household shall be saved. I, I just don't know if I can see that one. And we read the Christmas story and realize that the impossible happens with God. When He has a plan, He will bring it to fruition and He can cause amazing things to happen. You know, He brought the Magi to come and worship the Lord Jesus. And they brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we, we go, great, wonderful then Herod put out the decree to kill all the children and warned Joseph in a dream to take the child to Egypt. How do you think they survived? They had gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And those were valuable gifts. I believe that God brought those gifts and the family used them to survive for the years that they were in not their own country in Egypt until God brought them back. And He brings them back and He fulfills His promises. With God, all things are possible. And Mary teaches us in verse 38, Behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Our hope is in Him. Our hope is in the promises that He gives us in His word. Let it be to us according to your word. That's a step of faith. And she says, I don't understand how any of this can come out. Whatever problems you're going through today and the issues, it doesn't matter. Let it be to me according to your word. No matter what the problems you face, the Lord is with you. As we pray for those who suffered there and who are suffering this morning, I thank God that I don't really know what's happening in the world. I couldn't handle it. There's horrific things every day. Every day. Pray for those who are being persecuted. Pray that they'll know the God who is with them, Emmanuel. And look to the God yourself. Say, God, your word says that you're with me, but I'm feeling lonely. I need to know you. I need to know your presence. Indwell me. Be with me. Help me to know you tangibly. And no matter what he's promised, he can do it. No matter what He's promised, He can do it. 
That's almost we need to do a mantra. Because we don't believe it. No matter what He's promised, He can do it. And He loves you with an everlasting love. We need to take these truths to heart. Believe them and put our faith and hope in Him and, and know that He is the light of the world right now more than ever. Those in Connecticut, those living next door to you who are going through hardship, need to know the story of Christmas. I agree it was not the time to take down the Christmas decorations. But it's a time to celebrate the reason. Jesus. And look for hope. Look for strength. And when we find that, that's when, even in times of turmoil, we can have peace and hope. Because we know who we are. We're believers in the Most High God. We know who He is. He's the one who can do all things. And He wants to do all things above everything we can imagine, ask, or think. As we leave this morning, as we go into our homes and into the schools or work this week, Let's have a Merry Christmas knowing that God is with us. Knowing that no matter what He's promised, He can do it. That's a Merry Christmas. God, there's sadness. There's still hurt and wonderment, God, but we look to You for our true hope and our peace. We continue to pray though for those directly affected and indirectly affected by Friday's events and ask, be Emmanuel. Be God with us. Comfort your people. Bind up the brokenhearted. Show your light. God, I would pray and even cause this thought to enter into our minds that every time we see a Christmas light, we think of you, the light of the world that lives in this dark time, asking us to be little lights pervading our communities. We put our faith and hope in you and we thank you for your peace, for your love, and for your joy, the message of Christmas.